Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Hey, Darla here, and I have a question for you. What would it mean to your bottom line for your interior design firm if you could sign just one client from your Instagram marketing efforts? Is it 5000 10000 15000 and up? Well, if you're a principal of your interior design firm and you're overwhelmed with your Instagram marketing, you have no idea how to do, what to do, when to post, what to post, what hashtags to use, how to use ads, that the whole gamut, it's incredibly overwhelming, then I want to introduce you to Instagram for interior designers. It's Wingnut Social's very first online on-demand course with over seven modules, 61 lessons that's going to answer all of those questions for you and help you to put together a very actionable marketing strategy for your interior design firm tailored to you with workbooks and exercises and just just everything you could possibly need there. To find out more information on Instagram for interior designers, head on over to wingnutsocial.com, check out Wingnut Academy, or you can go to wingnutsocial.com slash Instagram for interior designers. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Design by Wingnut Social. I am your host and interior decorator, Darla Jethro Powell, and I'm pleased to tell you that today's guest, Manuela Moreira, is a friend of the show, right? I've known Manuela uh, as an acquaintance, really, for the last four years, five years or so, and she is a Wingnut strategy client. I remember meeting Manuela I think for the first time at Luann Naguera's 300th episode birthday party in uh, New York there. And uh, we just kind of run across each other in circles over the years. So it's finally, it's a, my great pleasure to say she's on the show. <laughs> way overdue, way overdue. And I think you're really going to enjoy Manuela's journey and Moxie and uh, just the fortitude on her, man. <laughs> she's got a set. <laughs> she is brave. She takes risks. She's smart. She is a very good businesswoman. And she is, I was going to say she's going places, but she's already gone places. And I wish, I wish I could tell you what is next on her plate. It's huge. It's huge, folks. But stay tuned and uh, keep your eyes peeled across, you know, channels popular channels. <laughs> That's all I can say. She'll make an appearance and follow her on her Instagram at Manuela Moreira. And I, I would like to say that I'm trying to say Moreira as, as well as I can as a gringa, but uh, 52 years in Miami. I, I might might not be butchering it too bad. So uh, before we do get in my conversation with the lovely Manuela, let me tell you a little bit about her, right? So since completing her studies at the New York School of Interior Design, Manuela has led projects of all phases and transforms in New York, Connecticut, California, Florida, and across the U.S. Manuela has been repeatedly recognized for her efforts and received multiple awards, including Rising Star, Gold Spirit Award, and Design Excellence. Manuela has been featured in the New York Times, Architectural Digest, HGTV, Forbes, Cottages and Gardens, Designers Today, and Fairfield County Home. Folks, Manuela's had her firm for four and a half years, been doing interior design for 13, so she's doing something right, right? All right, guys, help me in welcoming Manuela to the show. Hey there, Manuela Moreira. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? 
I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. How was that? Did I butcher your last name? Did you did okay? so great. <laughs> Everybody, please take note. <laughs> hey, 52 years in Miami. Well, 49 of it. Three of three of those years was in It's Key like West. you're fluent in Portuguese, so we should just talk I mean, to each other Let me other tell you a little secret about Darla Powell. Darla Powell has a thing for Portuguese, the language itself. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a past life experience. I have no connection personally with it. But when I hear Portuguese being spoken... It's just like being on a hammock by the ocean. I just love it. I'm in love with the language. I have no reason or rhyme to it, but always have been. Verdade, verdade, which means it's true. <laughs> Look at, ah, I'm going to my happy place. <laughs> Taking you to the beach. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a pretty language. It's got like the French and the Spanish and you know the, those Latin roots. That I just, I just love it. It's beautiful. I even watch like some shows on Netflix that are have the subtitles, but are in Portuguese, in Portuguese like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just love it. It's really. Have you learned really... anything? Have you learned how to say anything? I learned that uh, the shell is la concha. <laughs> I think that's Spanish. In Portuguese, that's what they say. Be, I think that's it'd what they be say a on concha, the but that's very close. <laughs> <laughs> I do speak some Spanish, having been a cop in Miami forever. But I know how to. I know how to tell someone in Spanish they're going to jail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I do. I'm probably butchering. But enough about me. Let's talk about you, Manuela. So um, this is something we were talking about in the green room that we haven't really done on the show before is uh, taking a successful interior designer such as yourself and talked about their journey from design school to whatever's in the middle, we're going to find out, to opening up <laughs> their own interior design firm and what the hell possessed you. So uh, before we get into our conversation, just tell the Wingnuts listening just a little bit about your background outside of the bio that I already read there, and then we'll get started. You game? Uh, sure. So um, my name is Manuela. I live <laughs> in LA. I've been an interior designer for about 13 years or so. Okay. Uh, but been on my own for the last four and a half years. Um, and it's been quite the journey. I've worked in many different fields of related to interior design that basically got to me, got me where I am right now. Um, and everything that I have done in the past has basically taught me something that has helped me be a better interior designer now in my own business. Um, I just moved to LA recently, so it's almost like starting a new business in a new city, which okay. has been a challenge, but also very, very fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's that's, a lot that has happened. <laughs> okay. So before I ask you this question, I was originally going to ask you with LA and that's pretty ballsy, right? To go as an interior designer and, and put your shingle from where were you before? I'm sorry. So I was in New York city in Connecticut. Okay. So it's yeah. pretty, pretty competitive states for interior design as well, especially in New York, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So to put your shingle in, in LA as an interior designer, that's pretty intimidating, right? Yeah. Were you intimidated yeah. or you were just like, no, girl, I got this? Um, uh, yes and no. I mean, I mm -hmm. left like a super competitive market on the East Coast and mm -hmm. I came to another very, very competitive very. market. But I've yeah. always been one that I always want a new challenge and I always wanted to take a risk. And for me, I actually visited LA a year ago for the first time, and I just absolutely loved it. And I was like, 
what do I have to lose? So yeah. <laughs> I love I love that. I love that. Good. Just grab that brass ring, right? Okay. So you did say that you've been in interior design for 13 years and you've had your yes. firm for four and a half, almost five years right now. Yep. So there's an eight year gap there. So let's talk about that journey. So a lot of the clients who come on this show, a pretty good percentage, and I'm one of them, are don't have formal interior design training, right? We might, might have the skill, we have that innate talent, but we... And hopefully none of them are professing that they have that, you know, education out there. So and how I circumvented that was being the big picture person at my firm, the overall aesthetic and hiring people who had your education, right? Just to put that out there, first of all. So uh, let's talk about the importance, <laughs> if you're going to open up your own interior design firm, uh, of getting a formal education. And I'm curious, maybe you'll say it's not that great big shakes. What? How important do you think it is in... You're, this industry to have a formal education in interior design before you put that shingle out? I think it's important, but I don't think it's necessary. So wow. okay. I definitely do see a lot of value in what I learned in school. But after I started just working, I mean, I was working in for an interior designer mm -hmm. while I was going through school. Right. What I was learning working at that firm was so different than what I was learning in school. And mm -hmm. I feel like the experience that I gained on site and the day to day actually helped me a lot more uh, than than the education that I was receiving in school. It's still, again, super important. Not diminishing that in any way, but sure. um, I still have a ton of respect for people who have not gone to interior design school and they've just started a business on their own. And you know, somebody like you, you made smart decision to like hire somebody to you know pick up on the skills that you necessarily didn't learn there, right? Um, you know, for me, I was able to, you know, learn a lot of like, of course, art history and CAD and all of this, which is great. But like now I still outsource a lot of that because that's not really where I spend most of my, of my time doing. Um, so very important, but I don't think it's 100% necessary. <laughs> I love that. That's a very diplomatic answer. It's super <laughs> important. You should do it. But also... Maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not necessarily what I was saying. It's just, it's yeah. important. I'm not diminishing the value of an education, but I do, I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary to be successful in the industry because you may be great at so many other things and you may be great at delegating and then creating a multi-million dollar business around that. <laughs> exactly. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm teasing with you, of course. Yeah. Of course, I, you know, I always, I have uh, junior designers who come to me and say, how do you get started? What do you recommend? I'm like, if you can, always just get that formal education. I just think it saves you so much headaches down the road. You can still run a business. You can still delegate. So I, if you can, if you have the capacity, the ability, the capability, I always recommend definitely do that. And I have a lot of respect for interior designers who have done that, who have gone through the four years and had the discipline and done the NCIDQUAZB XY. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's very impressive. Okay. So you did that. You graduated. And from there, you went to work for an interior designer? So I was working for an interior designer while I was going uh, to school. So um, I was, of course, very busy learning a lot, like on, you know, different ends of the business. Uh, and then after graduating, I was still with that firm. But then I decided to just try. I was approached by somebody to uh, work at a retailer. 
And this interior designer really wasn't really looking to grow the business so much to basically allow me to have more creative freedom. So I knew that my future there wasn't really what I was interested in doing anymore. So then I started to work for Ethan Allen. Um, and I worked I there that. yeah, for uh, a long time and I learned a lot there. I mean, working in retail, I mean, it'll teach you a lot of different things. <laughs> It'll teach you how to, you know, just work with people and, you know, learn how to deal with their personalities and how to respond to somebody who's a dominant or a solid or analytical or expressive. And that actually really helped me a lot, um, you know, in my, in future, in another career that I had with another firm and now on my own too, just like knowing how to really understand how people are, how to respond to them and like match their energy. Um, so I worked there while I was working there, I was approached by a, a design firm in New York. Uh, and I worked there for a year. It was great, great experience. However, it was very, it was a very competitive market, um, as New York is, of course, but I was always tired of like somebody else dictating my level of success and me always like working hard for the promotion or asking for it, but somebody else feeling like, you know, they wanted to just take a step forward and like, you know, not give you that because they wanted it. Yeah. So, um, you know, the culture of the, the company wasn't really uh, sure. A fit for me. So then I actually was thinking like, should I start a business? Should I not? Then I was still on the fence about it. I left the company cause I was just at like really my lowest low when it came to like just mental health and cause I was so overtired, exhausted. And so I was like, you know, I need to take a vacation. I hadn't taken a vacation in a long time. So then I booked a trip to Bali I went to Bali by myself for 10 days. Wow. And in Bali was when I basically said to myself, like, this is it. Like, this is what you've always wanted to do. This is your time to basically take control of your success and or failures. Like, you'll learn either way um, and just do it. So then I went back to New York, registered my business, and then it all started there. Wow. That's, you know, that's super ballsy. And I love that. Like, okay, you went out to LA by yourself to, to take your shingle from New York to LA. You went to Bali by yourself for 10 days to make these soul searching decisions. And so you're a doer. You're not just a dream, you're an actual doer. And that is so motivating. And I, I love that. So Ethan Allen, I, that, mu that must have been an incredible grind, but I'm sure you're grateful for those lessons now. And it's so funny how um, you know, not funny, haha, but when you're working for the New York situation, your, your mental health was suffering, you know, you were at your low that it's just, it almost forced you to do something about it, to act about it. And it's something I don't, when I was a cop in Miami, I was in a similar situation. My mental health was suffering. I was unhappy with my job. And it was to the place where it forced me to just, okay, do I want to start my own business and, and to break out of it? And at the time, you're suffering. You're like, oh, my God, you know, this is terrible. But everything for a reason, right? It's kind of like the universe staring you out, you know, of a situation and poking you with a stick, totally. right? But, but people like you took action and, and took control of it. Okay, awesome. So no more New York designer, you're back from Bali, and you're like, Man Manuela Moreira Interiors is coming. This is happening. So you've learned a lot at Ethan Allen, you learned a lot at un unnamed New York situation. 
So let's talk about starting that business. How hard was it? Did you have expectations that that happened that didn't happen, successes and failures? Walk us through it. Uh, it definitely wasn't easy, but yeah. I knew that long term it would be worth it because, it, well, first of all, then I knew that I would have control of how far I went. Um, and so I just thought about it. I was like, what do I have to lose? And the answer was nothing because I could always just try to find a job somewhere else. And I yeah. knew that I had the passion for design. I, of course, I still learn every day, but I knew that I had the experience to actually get a business started. Um, and it was so serendipitous that uh, somebody that I had worked with years ago had reached out to me within the first three weeks that I had started my business. I hadn't promoted anything yet because I wasn't prepared for it, but they had just reached out to me and they said, hey, we had loved working with you before. Where are you at right now? We'd love to hire you to help us with a project. And they basically uh, hired me for my first project on my own. Um, and then that project, I mean, it kept me busy almost full time for like wow. uh, about nine months or so. And while I was working on that project, then, you know, referrals started to come in. And then I had been promoting more like behind the scenes, um, you know, showing progress of, of that project. And then, you know, people started to be curious and interested. Um, and yeah, so then it started to get me more business. And once I was able to complete that project, I was able to get good photography for my portfolio. I actually built a website on my own to start. Um, wow. and <laughs> like a Wix situation or something like that? It was that, a Squarespace, or? but okay. pretty much that. <laughs> yeah, good but it you. wasn't easy. I mean, and it all, you know, happened either by referral and I would just network and I would basically reach out to brokers in New York. I I lived um, on the Upper East Side in the city and I would get a lot of like postcards from brokers that were selling apartments in that area or saying like just closed on this apartment and, you know, promoting another one that they were selling. I would send them a, a nice bottle of champagne saying, congratulations on your closing. Keep me in mind if you need an interior designer for your client. And actually one of them called me, um, like within a couple of weeks of me sending them and said, I think I might have a client for you. And I met with this person and she hired me and it was a great project that also kept me very busy. And, you know, from there it leads to other referrals and more business. Um, but I was hustling. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> Are you an interior designer looking to expand your reach and attract more clients? Well, we've got just the solution for you. Wingnut Social is the leading social media marketing agency designed exclusively for interior designers. Picture this, your stunning designs showcased to a vast online audience, generating buzz and capturing the attention of potential clients. With Wingnut Social, you can transform your social media presence into a powerful marketing tool. Wingnut Social understands the unique challenges faced by interior designers when it comes to social media marketing. That's why they've created a comprehensive strategy tailored specifically to your needs. With Wingnut Social, you'll have access to expertly crafted content strategies, custom tailored for the interior design industry. Say goodbye to those days of staring blankly at your screen, wondering what to post next. Wingnut Social takes care of that for you, ensuring your posts are engaging, relevant, and captivating. 
But it doesn't stop there. Wingnut Social also provides in-depth analytics, allowing you to track the performance of your social media campaigns. Discover which posts are resonating with your audience, identify new trends, and make data-driven decisions to maximize your marketing efforts. And the best part? Wingnut Social offers personalized coaching and support. Our team of social media experts will guide you every step of the way, sharing insider tips and tricks to elevate your brand and increase your online visibility. So why wait? Take your interior design business to new heights with Wingnut Social. Visit wingnutsocial.com today to learn more. Wingnut Social, where stunning designs meet social media success. But that's brilliant, right? To have those connections with the realtors and to send the, the gifting and to think of me. You, you are a hustler. That's awesome. That's terrific. <laughs> so, okay, so you had a couple projects. One was they were monopolizing your time, right? The nine months, uh, another nine months with these big projects. Where were you at as far as like the business side of running the design business? Did you already had in your head, uh, here's how much I'm charging. Is it flat? Is it hourly? Is it my pricing structure? Did you already have that locked and loaded? Had you learned that from New York or was that a... Another hard lesson. I had definitely learned, uh, you know, the firm that I was at, they had a specific model that they followed. I mm-hmm. didn't completely agree with, you know, everything a hundred percent, but I definitely applied some of that to my own business. Um, I started charging hourly at first. I no longer do that. Um, but that was just a fit for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with, a, with an attorney to, you know, draft up a really good contract and I made sure that every single project that I took on, you know, that they would actually sign that contract because I actually wanted to be really strict from that, from the start. Cause I wanted to yeah. protect me and my business. Smart. Um, and I'm super analytical. So, um, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I'll just give the audience a little bit of an insight for the questionnaire and everything for the podcast and everything. You're very thorough. You're just like, okay, you all your T's crossed, all your I's dotted. It, you're very, I can tell you're very analytical and attention to detail there. So that I'm sure that's no small part to your success and making sure your designs are thorough and, and well Thank executed you. for sure. Yeah. Thank that you. Minds, yeah, I could tell. I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Okay. So... <clears throat> So you're having the referrals. It's just the it's the one man band right there. It's you're right, the Manuela show. At what point did you decide to hire or to scale to broaden the capacity and the scope of the work? Yeah, a great question. So it was just before COVID, I had actually started to interview somebody to help me. Mm-hmm. And then March 17, 2020 came around and then <laughs> New York City completely shut down, and that's where I actually was working. I'd say 90% of my projects were in New York City at the time, mm-hmm. and the rest were in Connecticut. Okay. And it was very difficult because New York City was the epicenter of COVID. And yeah. so everything shut down, and basically, like these buildings were so strict that, like, I just me, like, not bringing in contractors or anything, like, I couldn't even go into these buildings. Like, they wouldn't allow me to go. So obviously that plan to hire just got completely crossed out, but I, I knew that that wasn't the end of my business because like, I knew that I would always, you know, figure it out. And obviously we were all trying to, you know, figure out the circumstances, you know, as you know, day by day. Um, and then, so a few months into COVID, then I started to get calls from like clients that were living in New York city and they were moving out to Connecticut. And so my business just skyrocketed and then I was able to hire a project manager and an assistant. Um, and they definitely took, you know, a, a lot 
from me, which, you know, allowed me to like spend more time, you know, one-on-one with the clients and also like spending a little more time in the business. Um, yeah. So that happened during COVID when I started to get very, very, very busy. <laughs> That's good. I think that happened for a lot of interior designers too during COVID. Um, business was crazy at an all-time high and not in the exact same way that you're saying. But yeah. I think it was a very good uh, couple of years for us. So so you just had like a little bit of a hiccup when it all started and we were all like terrified. What's going to happen to the business and everything? And then when it started smooth sailing, you're able to scale and to scope. Yeah, exactly. It was almost like a pause and that actually, mm-hmm. cause like I had been so like go, go, go because I was the only one who was doing the creative marketing and, you know, installs. Yeah. Um, so you know? it almost like allowed me to basically pause, take a look at my business, see what was actually working and not working. I completely like revamped the business. I no longer charge by the hour. Um, you know, we rewrote my contract and then I, you know, towards like the end of it, I ended up hiring Nicole to do my copy and website, which I... I was just going to say, this looks like a Nicole website. It's it really nice. It is a very Nicole yeah. website. Yeah. That's Nicole Heimer of Glory and Brand, by the way, guys, if you need a website design. Yeah, yeah I loved working with her. I mean, she was She's the phenomenal. Best, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, started working with her, worked with you. Um, <laughs> That's right. You're a strategy client, right? You got I am. I am. Your, your social, are you, how is that working out for you? Are you still uh, abiding by our, our strategy? I am. I mean, your strategy was very in-depth, which I love. <laughs> um, <laughs> being, being analytic, yeah. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't say that I'm like your favorite client or your favorite student. <laughs> But I am abiding by it. <laughs> well, that, that's good to hear. I'm glad. To, of course, we loved working with you as well on that. So, Thank you. all right. So we're we're in there. We're hiring. We're scaling. We're hiring new clients. I do have a question for you because you're a self admitted analytic, you know, anal type personality, right? Am I right or am I misquoting? You're right. You're okay. right. <laughs> Delegating to these new hires, did you let go and let them, or how hard was that in order to do? Because I know that that's a thing for us as interior designers, yeah. being super control freaks. And I say that lovingly. Yeah, it was very hard. Um, yeah. Just because I, well, I always had my hands on everything that I was doing. I always knew exactly what was happening. And I always felt like if I delegated that I would lose control of that, which is not true. Like I learned that now, but I felt that that would happen at the time. And even so that like I went through a few different people just to find like the right fit for the business and my vision and, you know, that would work well with the client. So it wasn't easy when I hired on my end and also just like to find the right person. But I do know that like after hiring and being able to delegate, I can just focus on many different things that, you know, has helped me to grow. So at a higher level, right. To yes. help bring in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's makes a difference for everybody, but it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to let go. It really is hard to let yeah. go sometimes, but I don't think there's one designer that I've talked to that has regretted letting go, you yeah. know, because if they hire the right people, like you said, and they're doing it correctly and you give them the guidelines, you it does free you up your bandwidth to do the bigger rain making thing for sure. Exactly. Okay. So we talked a lot of success, a lot of moxie, a lot of, you know, grit went out there and you took the bull by the horns. Now you're doing it in LA. Let's talk about some of the failures that you may have hit, some of the the roadblocks, how you dealt with them. And maybe there might be a listener out there who's facing something similar or might, might an advice you can give them in order to navigate that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there were 
Several. I mean, some that... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as, it, as it happens, yeah, for sure. But I mean, you know, it just makes you a better person and hopefully you won't make that mistake again. But um, I remember, uh, so right when COVID hit, so at the time I when I would charge for product, I wouldn't charge for 100%. I would get uh, perhaps a deposit or 75%. Mm. But I remember when my workroom called and said... You need to come get your product or we can deliver it to you because we're going to be closed and we don't know when we're going to reopen. And basically, I ended up having to pick up product. I had $16,000 worth of products that were in my apartment that I could not deliver to my clients in New York City and yeah. complete the project and get paid because, of course, they that was not the agreement we had initially. So for me, that was a big lesson that I learned because, um, you know, just don't do that because <laughs> <laughs> just don't do it. It, it really screws up your cash flow, and um, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, it was just something that obviously I don't do that anymore. Charging hourly uh, was also not the best decision because I really now I, I basically charge on the value, not necessarily the time that it takes yes. to complete a project. Because yes. um, you know, even if I'm able to complete something within you know two hours, it actually took me several years to actually gain that education and knowledge to be able to get to that point to complete that project within the two hours, not a project itself, but a task. I love, I love that. I want to break that down a little bit because I, I want to make sure that the beginning designers or even more advanced designers are hearing this. I can understand charging hourly in the beginning if you don't know how long things are going to take you and you're, you're feeling it out. I think that's kind of a natural progression of things. So you can, after you have a year or two or three under your belt, you can project these, these projects typically take me X amount of hours. But once you start becoming very efficient and fluid and your systems and processes are like a well-oiled machine, something that used to take you 10 hours, if it's taking you five hours and you're charging hourly, you're punishing yourself. Exactly. You really need to find that sweet spot and value price, right? So there's only one Manuela Moreira, right? You, we're, we're paying for you, your expertise, what you bring to the table. You not an hourly thing. And I got to the point at the end of my run with Darla Powell Interiors to where I wouldn't even break down. Here's the price. There's no hours. There's no, don't break it down into hourly. It's not a commodity. Here's what, you, here's what it is to get me to do X. Love that. That's terrific advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it definitely, like you said, I mean, it'll take a while for you to get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would always talk to my colleagues and some of them would still charge hourly. Some of them would charge by the project. And then I started to take my own data and basically said, okay, basically it's, I was undercharging in many ways. Um, because like, like you said, like towards the end, like you start to complete things a lot faster and yeah. New Yorkers also like to get projects completed, you know, in a day. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, so it, it definitely took me a while to get to where I am now. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, I collected a lot of data. Yeah. 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 Spoke to a lot of people. I actually signed up for Sandra Funk's, um, the standard. Um, so, you know, being part of that group and like also hearing other people's experience, it, you know, it, it helps a lot. Yeah, I was part of that too. I was part of the beta testing for that. And let me tell you, that's, there's a ton of information in that, yeah, the standard. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot, but it's, it was incredibly helpful. I mean, yeah. we used a lot of it. Okay. So in the interest of time, I mean, I could talk to you all day. You're, you're fascinating. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So we've discussed, you're, you're brave, you're bold, you go out and you just do it. And so there's got to be 
And there is a fear of doing things that are unknown, of taking these risks. You're more not sure they're always going to work out. But fortune favors the bold. Is that how it goes, right? How do you manage that inner voice or that fear? Or do you even have it of taking these risks and these incredible risks for your business? And we'll, we'll give someone, we'll give a little bit of a teaser of one of them that paid off really big. <laughs> I mean, I think me being an analytical uh, has helped me a lot in many ways, just because I overthink the situation a lot. <laughs> and I overthink it to a point that like, it almost like stops me from doing something, but then it, gets me to a point that I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? And I'm, I'm confident in the business that I've built so far and the name that I've built for myself and the work that I deliver. So I know that whatever risk I take, it's not like it'll be the end of my business. Um, so why not try it anyways? The worst is a lesson that you learned. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think just <laughs> like really thinking it through, but not spending too much time on it. Like when I moved to LA, it was the decision that I made within a week. Uh, within three weeks, I had sold everything and I was driving cross country to come to LA. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn girl, you are, you're crazy brave, but that's good. That's awesome. So, you know, it's just planning, but not, mm. uh, it just, you know, just always no think paralysis about by analysis, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, I can relate to that a bit because when I quit my law enforcement job, I mean, I was in it 18 years. I was seven years away, six years away, something like that from full vested retirement, but I hated it. I didn't want it. And so I walked away from that and did the interior design thing. I had no, there's no guarantees, no anything. But I was always had this voice in the back of my head. But if I didn't try it, I wouldn't, you know, I'm on my deathbed someday or whatever. I was always going to regret it. You know, you'd always you think, to, what if? Yeah. What if? You have to at least yeah. try. So you have to know if you can live with that. And if, if you're doing these things, these credible, brave, bold moves to, to aspire to be, you know, great in whatever endeavor you're pursuing, you're going to fail. There's going to be some things you're going to fail at. So this, uh, don't think that that's not going to happen. But, um, the when you have those wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And speaking of a win, I do want to, we can't say, we can't say specifics what it is, but I'm going to tell you guys that Manuela is in L.A. And Manuela is doing great things in L.A. <laughs> in a very highly visible way. <laughs> and I would just highly recommend that you go and follow her on her Instagram. I'm sure there'll be announcements there, right? We're going to be seeing a lot more of you on a, on a much larger scale. Is that fair to you, say? You will be, yes. So I can't share too much just yet. <laughs> can't share but. anything. I'm so for, I'm so upset about it. I'm like, can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? But no, she can't. But, but uh, just stay tuned. We're gonna we're gonna be seeing you a lot. <laughs> on a, can I can I even say where or no? Can I say no. where? No. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. Oh, I'm also hot flashing here. So the combination. I'm so of sorry, but me. just stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> You'll yeah, hear stay, about it for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's huge. It's a huge deal and we're so proud of you. Thank I, you. I love it. I love it. And um perfect fit. I'll just say that perfect fit. Thank you very much. Manuela Moreira. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the what up wingnut round? Yes. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> are you a Terminator fan? <laughs> no, but I just think that would creep some people out. <laughs> That's cute. I'll be back. All right, cool. You're stuck on a deserted island. You can have your one favorite food forever. What is it? That would be Brazilian pão de queijo, which is this Brazilian cheese bread that is so delicious and I can't live without. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I have never had that. How do you say it again? Pão de queijo. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, me to take you to that beach. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, 100%. All right, last but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. That would have to be Advocate to Win by Heather Hansen, who's a friend and a coach. Um, she uh, made a, su a successful career out of being a trial attorney. And she basically uses the tools that she uses in a courtroom. Um, and you can apply those tools into like, you know, an everyday scenario. And it just helps you advocate for yourself. I love that. I'm going to pick that up. I could use that. A advocate to win. That's a first. We haven't yeah. had that on the show before. All right, Manuela, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you and so they can stay tuned for that huge announcement that you can't <laughs> tell us any more about. <laughs> and we'll call it a day. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Manuela Moreira Interiors. And my website is ManuelaMoreira.com. And that's M-O-R-E-I-R-A. Yes. Common spelling. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Manuela. It's great seeing you again. Thanks for having me. I told you, right? She is a risk taker. And I tell you, you can't achieve greatness, really, without taking risk. You can always stay safe and stay vanilla and not do the things and not fail and, and keep it safe and be comfortable, I suppose. But if you're someone who has your sights on greatness and achieving something big and, and making that mark, you have to take the risks. And Manuela is not telling you she wasn't nervous or afraid or wondering what if. It's just like it wouldn't be the worst thing that would happen to her. What's the worst that could happen, you know? And, and living with that regret of never having tried or never having gone for it, I think is, is the worst that could happen, at least in my book. And um, it seems like in Manuela's as well. So I do hope that you found her journey and her story inspirational. Please keep your sights on her. Go and follow her on Instagram at Manuela. Uh, Moreira Interiors. And uh, so when this announcement that's killing me, <laughs> she announces it, you'll know and you'll see why it was killing me. Oh, this many months ago when uh, when she does that. All right, guys, if you need help with marketing your interior design firm on social media or in the digital realm, head on over to wingnetsocial.com. We are a digital marketing agency for you guys, interior designers, architects to the trade vendors for interior designers. And folks, that's all we do. We only work in that niche and in that genre. So we know what we are talking about when it comes to marketing for interior design. So I know that a lot of you have been frustrated with marketing firms in the past who just speak very generic marketing speak, but that is not us. And that was a need I saw when I was doing my own interior design in Miami, Florida, when I was trying to market my firm through other agencies, other parties. And I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> we really need someone who knows the lingo, knows the design structure, systems and processes, how we work, how to speak to ideal clients. And uh, long story short, Wingnut Social was born in 2018, 2017, 2018. Gosh, I'm not big for anniversaries. Like I said, don't tell my, um, don't tell my fiance. But head on over to wingnutsocial.com. You can see what we're all about. Uh, wingnutsocial.com on YouTube. You can see our testimonials. And uh, let's have a chat. Let's see how we can partner up and see if we're a good fit. And I'm happy to help. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Remember, until next time, to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened.
Good boy, Mango.